We've talked about Will Smith, we've talked about Ryan Leonard, and now we're time to talk about the third member of that trio creating magic for the U.S. National Development Party, and uh, it's Gabe Perot. So we're talking all about him, why he's lower than the other two in the rankings, and uh, what kind of player he is going to be on today's Locked on Blue Jackets. Your Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to give you the good, the bad and the ugly about your favourite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. We're continuing our draft coverage as the draft is uh, like three days away at this point. And I've got Sam McGilligan of McKean's Hockey back to talk all about Gabe Perot, who's a really exciting player. Um, Possibly as exciting as Will Smith or Ryan Leonard, but why isn't he in the same conversation? We're going to talk about that, and uh, we're going to talk about the draft in general. So I'm just going to get right into my conversation with Sam. We've talked about Ryan Leonard, we've talked about Will Smith, uh, so I figured we would talk about the third guy in that little trio that uh, I believe committed to Boston College. I've got Sam McGilligan back from McKean's Hockey, and uh, we're going to talk about Gabe Perot, um, because I'm confused by him as a player. So let's... Let's let's start off with the basics. Let's start off with when Gay Pro gets on the ice, what kind of player is a team getting? Right now, they're getting one of the highest impact players in the draft. At when he's playing against his own age competition, Gay Pro is nothing short of a monster. He is probably one of the best players in the draft, regardless of league or location anywhere in terms of making the right decision within a timing window there, he gets himself into the right spot. Will Smith might, you know, drag a defender out away and a little pocket of space opens up and Perot's already in that pocket of space before the other team is really expecting it to even be there. And then Smith's passing it back. Perot's got the puck. He has space. He has time. Leonard's bringing open somewhere else. Smith's already trying to get himself open. Perot has space to work with. And then he's just making whatever the best play is. Like he scored so many points because his ability to recognize the best play and execute it within these tight windows is sensational. He does a lot of the work with his hands. His his set of hands is fantastic. He is really active with his feet, but he's not the most explosive skater. This is what you're going to keep hearing about Perot is the, he's not a fast skater per se, He's not the best in terms of changing directions smoothly, but he gets the job done. It's more than serviceable to at least complement how he plays at this level. And everything else he does is just so smart and just so skilled that you're you're a fan every time you see him with the puck. Yeah. I didn't realize I was looking up the, the, the point and I know that who scores the most points is not the be-all and end-all of everything. But he scored um, a lot of points. This guy had 132 points in 63 games. Yeah, he scored a lot of points. team development team uh, this season. He led the team in scoring. He outscored Will Smith and Ryan Leonard. Uh, and I believe, apart from those three, he scored more points than any other two, player, two players put together. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. They're bonkers. 
So but how can it, you so much lower than than Will Smith and Ryan Leonard, who are both probably going to go top ten? Well, a lot of it when it comes down to when you're watching a player like Will Smith play you can immediately see what makes him a top five guy. The second he has the puck, he is pulling off the flashiest, most holy Kent Johnson, Trevor Zegers style stuff. And a player like that, they just stand like when you've got that level of production and that level of just audacity with the puck, you're going to be a top five, top 10 pick minimum. Ryan Leonard is a bit the kind of the complete opposite where he can flash, but he's really fundamentals guy. He can play through contact. He's got a great control with the puck. He can do cross body motions and are sorry, cross body handles in motion and just kind of changes direction all at the same time. He's got a fantastic shot. He's getting himself open. He's also just a pest. The NHL loves these types of guys. So Ryan Leonard was always going to be kind of like a top 10, top 15 guy minimum for the same vein that Cutter Goche was for most people last year. And then Cutter Goche rose to the top five. Then you've got Gabe Perot. For once, it sounds like the NHL is higher on a player like this than we, the public are, which is kind of awesome it's nice to see them really taking the value in on somebody and it goes to show of the type of player Gabe Perot is pro scoring a lot of these points he's outscoring Leonard and Smith just because right place right time is ultimately the best way to score points um so uh, if you put Sidney Crosby's entire points uh, you grabbed every single one of them, you put them in a montage. The amount of them that comes from just, yeah, I was in the right place at the right time and just did the right thing is the majority of them. The highlight reel stuff is just that. It's the highlight reels. Perot, when it comes to just getting the puck and making the right play and then going to the spot where he can then, you know, wait out until the next big impact moment, get the puck and break the right play. And you're doing them in all of those, you know, not every play is equal, right? Some plays are just, some areas of the ice there's space to work with and you can make a really high impact play and Perot reads when these spaces are going to open up he gets the puck before they're opening up and before people are ready to account for him and he's executing as they're like oh crap it's Perot with the puck over there then you know if somebody a lot of the times it's he gets the puck and it's no move whatsoever it's just the right pass or the right shot sometimes it's there's a lot of stick handling involved just because he's already kind of got the angle on somebody and he just wants to change it a little bit to really open up something crazy for a teammate. So he fakes one way and then he'll just kind of quick fire stick handle back behind them and then backhand pass to somebody in that newly created space. Sometimes he gets alone with the goalie and the goalie is about to get embarrassed on a highlight reel. Like what Perot can do one-on-one when he doesn't have to rely on his feet or agility is mesmerizing. It's a really unique thing. It's kind of really reminiscent of a certain Columbus prospect in Jordan Dumais, who the public was not very high on last year. And the NHL also wasn't very high on last year. And people are still unsure what to think of it. I certainly don't know what to think of Jordan Dumais. But with Perot, I think seeing it happen at the USNTP and seeing it happen at the world at the U18s and, you know, dominating at the U18s alongside Smith and Leonard, you can talk about Leonard and Smith having the more projectable kits. And, you know, Smith's handling is undeniably going to work at the NHL level at this point. It, it feels like almost a lock. And Leonard's fundamental game is 
quite literally what players like him usually just get turned into for an NHL player. And here Leonard is already completely prepped for it. Perot is this one where it's like, okay, what are you going to be? Because is Perot going to be a 90 point score in the NHL? Like his production, you know, maybe hints at, you know, se- let's say 70 points. 90 is ridiculous for like anybody. But like, let's say you look at that. Is he going to be a 60, 70 point player? He could be, but it, you know, the way he's currently scoring points is not going to earn that much production. It, this is where like the big golf in the rankings come from. Some people see his skating and they're just like, yeah, it's not going to work. Other people are like, I, it'll work in spite of the skating. And then some people myself, I'm kind of in this thing where it's like, I think Perot fits a lot of different roles in the NHL. None of them are the one you'd expect from his production, but he's going to be a good player. In a minute, we're going to talk a little bit more about Gabe Perot. But first, I'm going to tell you about eBay Motors, because if you're building a championship team, you need to make sure that every player is a perfect fit. And it's the same when it comes to your car. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. All you have to do is add your ride to my garage, look for the green check to know the part will fit, or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. It's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I feel like we had this conversation with... um... I was going to say Sean Leonard, and I know it's not. It's Ryan Leonard. I had this conversation with Ryan Leonard. I don't know who Sean Leonard is. <laughs> but, <laughs> I feel like we had this conversation with Ryan Leonard and like whether he's a kind of a product of just playing on a really good line. Um, obviously, all three of them are going to Boston College, I believe, next season. One of the Boston universities. Uh, I think it's BC. I, I always mix them BC up. BC or BU. I never, please don't come for me, Boston, but I never remember who goes to which one of those. Um, are we going to see kind of him continue to just produce with these two players? I think kind of yeah. Sets, like with this line, it all? yeah. With this line, it's grown to be something so much more than the individual pieces. Like I think part of what the biggest indicator of that is the fact that the highest scorer on the line is Gabe Perot, not as a slight against him whatsoever, but just basis. I, I'm sure most people who have watched these three players would tell you, well, it's Smith who is the one who is just like, that is the talent that drives a line right there. Like that's the one where you need to break a defense down. You're giving the puck to Will Smith. You're not giving it to somebody else on that line, but it's not, you know, he's not the top scorer. It was Ryan Leonard. No, sorry. It was Gabe Gabe Perot who scored the most points on that team. And then Ryan Leonard wasn't too far away. All three of them play, a play style that complements each other. And then there's this something even above that. There's this innate chemistry among the three where they know their roles within each other and when to switch out of them. Like Smith will let Perot and Leonard do everything and just kind of hang out somewhere and just be open to help them whenever it's time comes, even though he's typically the guy in your conventional team, most cases that it's like, get Smith the puck. You guys go do your role 
et cetera, et cetera. These three just flow between who, okay, I today I'm the one who's just, I'm feeling it. I've got the puck the whole time. You guys play off me. And there's no adjustment period. It's like, okay, it's seamless. Like, just like that. If a team adapts to whatever they're doing, they can change it up just like that. There's not, they, the, they're sharing a brain, basically. And when you share a brain, the guy who is, you know, making the right play more often than not as that being the whole basis of his game, he's usually the one who's going to score the most. Yeah. Has there been a trio of draft-eligible prospects that have had this much success together in recent memories? I was trying to think about this, and, like, it's so unusual to have three essentially top 10 to 15 prospects on the same team, I feel like. 29 US NTDB team is immediately what sticks out in my head, especially when they ran the Zegris Hughes Caulfield line. Mm. And now that we know what those three are in the NHL and we know all three of them are superstars, basically, it's like, okay, that was the most insane line. Um, it's too early to say whether the line I'm about to mention is, but the last year's Your Garden, uh, Jonathan oh, Lekamaki, Noah Oslin, Liam Ogren um, line, that line Ogren. was. The production isn't as fancy on paper. And I don't think I'd argue it as a better line either, but it was one of the most perfect junior lines I've ever seen. I just absolutely adored. They checked off every one of my biases. I just adored watching these guys. They were incredible. Yeah, they were. I didn't see a ton of them because it's surprisingly hard to watch Swedish league hockey. It is surprisingly. Yeah, but I and everyone I've talked to, like my, my I, I was going to say my Swedish scout guy. Um, I use I talk to Patrick Bexell every time I want to talk about a Swedish scout because he really knows his stuff and he's right there. Um, he had nothing but good things to say about all three of them. So it's a it's a fun a fun trio. But yeah, Leonard Perot and Smith, I think, is going to be so interesting to watch once you split them up. Because obviously they're all yeah. incredible players in their own right. Do you think that they'll be able to recreate the magic that they do together with other line mates? I do. I think um, part of why a line like this gels so well is that ability to adapt to line mates. Like it, it, it the odds of it just being like these three are the perfect, perfect combination. And that's the reason why they're getting all of the chemi- or all the points be- from their chemistry. I-, I don't know if it would it's so easy to summarize it like this. Like, there's a lot of lines where I can immediately picture Ryan Leonard going in the NHL and playing alongside. When I'm thinking of Montreal Canadiens, like Leonard could fit with a lot of different forwards for us. Um, Smith is going to be able to play with anybody. Smith is going to be the guy who people are building lines around more likely than just being a complimentary piece. And Gabe Perot, I think, has everything required. The What I view him as personally and what I would be excited as, because I it sounds like it's not a good thing, but it's a really good thing, is he's the ultimate support player. They're so hard to find, like the good ones. They don't make mistakes, really. They're just, they're smart. They're in the right spots at the right times, making the right plays. I know I keep saying it, but like that is what they do. And they don't hold the puck for long stretches of time. When, you, when they're puck carrying for a while, they start to get exposed and it, they, they don't have a lot of options. And if people are, if defenses are gapping up hard, um, around them and taking a lot of space away, then their rotation to open space takes even longer and they might not be there in time for the next player. Play might just might move around from them, blah, blah, blah. It just doesn't really work. But guys who are just quick 
smooth receptions, one, two seconds max, or preferably even less, just making a play to continue something along from the whole five-on-five unit, just progressing things for everybody. Those guys are super hard to find. Those are the guys that you prop on Sidney Crosby's wing and they suddenly turn into 80 point players in one year because he just he knows how to play off of those types of guys. Gabe Perot is that type of player. If you know they're never gonna mix because the age gap, but like Perot is one of the players that I want to put beside a Sidney Crosby, and he's gonna do very well. There's a lot of NHL stars who want guys like Gabe Perot on their wing. I don't think it's unreasonable that he still ends up being like a 50 plus point player in the NHL, maybe not as the play driver, but as the guy complimenting a line. And those are rare because sometimes you could pick a player better than Perot and put them on a line with another star and a secondary guy. And that line isn't better than it would be with Perot because he's just, he's able to make everyone else around him better. Those are the, the support types that elevate everyone. They're awesome. He feels like he's going to be one of those players that 10 years down the line is in every single top 10 most underrated NHL players. He could be. You know, if he never gets the he never gets the most points and he never gets the like the all-star nod, but he's one of those guys that just is all like Maybe maybe Marion Hosa is the wrong comparison here, but I always think of Marion Hosa as like the, the the classic when you look at that Blackhawks team of, you know, you had Kane and Taves and Sharp and Sea and Seabrook and Keith and Hosa almost felt like an afterthought. Gabe Perot but he was amazing. Kind of fall into. Yeah, Perot is the type of guy who will like you'll have your core six, seven players, like the essential pieces, and then you're looking for everything to build around them. He's probably about as best, one of the best players you could have for that, you know, after the top seven guys on your team. Like, um, I wouldn't say he plays like Arturi Lekkanen at all, but Arturi Lekkanen is another one of those, like, he's so much more valuable than his sheet will tell you. And he's so much more valuable than his, like, people look at him and they don't see the flashy handles and stuff like this. Like, he's not a player that pops, yet he's consistently doing the right thing all the time he does it more in a two-way way perot is more of an offensive guy like I, perot's two-way game is there's a lot of potential there but right now with the size as it is the strength as it is which you know you know strength's gonna get better the skating as it is like it's not a guarantee he could definitely also just improve his rotations in that area. But that's, again, like how forwards are at this age, and they always are improving. I wouldn't hold it against him whatsoever. Offensively and in transition is where Perot can really start to shine sometimes. And it's just, he's going to be that guy that just other, he's never going to get the credit for making lines better than he actually is. Zach yeah. Benson, if Zach Benson wasn't in the draft. <laughs> Zach Benson 2.0. Um, where do you have him on, on your list? Where do you think he falls? He's currently, I ch- I just looked, he's 10th on Bob McKenzie's ranking, which is way higher than I thought he was. Yes, most, he's... Most seem to have him kind of at that 15 to 20 range. I'm where is he in on that, I'm in that range exactly. I believe 17 or 18. One of those two, not lower than that. And there's the smallest chance I'm mulling him. 
He could be as high as 15, I'd say, when it comes time for it. He's a very good player. There's a lot of things to like with him. In a different draft, it's a lot easier for him to be a top 15 guy. Like last year, I think he would be in my top 15 pretty easily. But this year, it's just there's it's such a good draft at the top, man. Yeah, it's every time I like, and I've been trying to kind of vaguely put together. Um, I'm planning on dropping something on the the YouTube channel in in a couple of days. I managed to get all the editing done, um, and so I've been trying to put like my top thirty two together based on all of the the stuff that I've done with all of my wonderful prospect expert people. Um, and I keep looking and being like, well, this guy could go fifth, but so could these ten other guys. You know, <laughs> who do I? It's yep. it's such a wild, wild draft. Um, let's, let's talk about the Blue Jackets for a little bit. We probably yeah. should. It's a Blue Jackets podcast. Obviously, they don't have 22nd overall anymore, which means my dreams of them taking Gavin Brindley, um, are probably dead because I don't know that he lasts to 34. Who should the Blue Jackets take at 34? Who is, who is 34th on your list? Uh, that is a great question. Give me one second. Normally I have this list pulled up ahead of time and I close that tab by accident. <laughs> That's fine. That is a, a locked on blue jacket staple is closing all of the tabs that you think you need immediately uh, before needing them. Okay. 34th on my list mm-hmm. right now. That immediately feels wrong, but I don't know. How... <laughs> okay. So Luca Pinelli, and let me, if I'm be honest okay. with you, if it's 34th and you're going to Luca Pinelli, be very happy that it just feels wrong to me. Like there's 34 players that are better than 34. That yeah. makes sense. Um, well, we, yeah, we actually uh, very recently just did an episode on Luca Pinelli. Um, yes. And he was he was a guy that we looked at as maybe available for the Blue Jackets at 34th. And we should be. You could probably get him a little later, if I'm being honest, just because he's smaller. Honestly, you guys, Gavin Brindley is 30th on Mackenzie's list. Yeah, he, he might. might actually I'm, I'm clinging, to, to, I'm clinging to it. I'm clinging to the hope. Uh, based on the names I saw around that territory, I mean, Bob McKenzie's list is the other thing I should have open right now, because that's more likely what you want to go off of. I think the full one came out. Oh, is the full one landed? I believe the full one is out. I can just get it to open. I keep clicking on the wrong thing. Because I feel like the Bob, and I don't know if this is the thing that we talked about last time, but Bob McKenzie's list, I feel like, is not the one of these are the best prospects in this order. It's, it's that's no, where it's are they the likely draft to go? Order. You know, yeah, so looking at this, order. I'm like, oh, okay. So a lot of teams around the league think. Okay. That... I, I've got the list. It's so Charlie Strammel is who's 34th on the list. And he's a big okay. body college dude who is like for sure playing in the NHL. It's just a matter of like, what's the role is he playing and what upside are you getting with him? Right. So that's who's at 34. Tanner Molendick is someone who I think would is actually great value there, but you guys have drafted so many defensemen that I just think you don't want to be doing that this year. Uh, so next, defensemen. We added more. So We're David so Edstrom and Anton Wahlberg are the two uh, Swedes who are going to be going in this rage. Both of them are kind of bigger body guys. David or Anton Wahlberg still lighter, but like, you know, put on weight over time. David Edstrom is a little thicker. He's not flash whatsoever, but he, man, he is effective. He is just like get puck, do play, go to next spot, get puck, get puck, do play, go to next spot, throw some physicality there when it's necessary. He's a, he's a quality player. Um, 
some interesting guys like Grayson Sauchin's apparently going to slip through most of the second round. Grayson Sauchin is kind of like a clear first round guy to me. Mm -hmm. He's someone who would just fit on any line. Jaden Perron is going to be on board for a while, apparently. Um, Who else? So guys above 34 that you might want to just hope drop. The one who stands out to me is Gavin Brindley, but the other one is Quentin Musty. Musty. Mm -hmm. I don't know. The NHL loves guys like Musty. Apparently just not Musty. He is dynamic. He's fierce, super creative, physical, skilled. He's such a unique package where it's like, I can get where the fear comes from a bit, but you got to trust in a player like him, I feel like. And he's very likely going to become a, at the, I think he's a middle six guy with one of the ones who actually has upside to be more as well. And the, there's also the default answer of Andrew Crystal. If he's somehow slipping through the draft, like, yep, he's another guy that I've got my eye on for, for falling. I know that he's the, he's 27th. Apparently he's the uh-huh. Logan Stankovan of the draft. It feels yes. like he's the, you know, there's different reasons for why he's falling, but yeah, Andrew Crystal, he's the one that I feel like him, Brindley, Musty, Molendick, Edstrom, Wahlberg. There's lots of guys in that range. Like, there's going to be so many good players. Riley Height might slip mm-hmm. to the second round. Riley Height is was like a top ten talent who then just had a season of people being like, he's flashing everything, but he's never using it together. Well, maybe they mesh. And if they do, you know, he's a really good player when he's on, man. He's really good. Yeah. To the point where Height's the one guy I keep circling back to on my list. I'm like, I know you're too low. You're going to make me look stupid. I feel like, yeah, 34th is such a weird one to predict because I feel like once you hit like 20, I feel like the, 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 um, draft implodes. Yeah. You know, all it takes is one person to take, you know, for example, you only need one person to take Kevin Korczynski at seventh overall, and then suddenly it's like a domino effect of all of the other defensemen in the draft. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens on the second day of the draft, yep. I think. Um, for people who want more draft coverage, they want to talk to you about Gavin Brindley, uh, where can they find you and your work online? You can find me on Twitter at Sam underscore McGilligan, and my rankings will be coming out uh by the end of the weekend, so June 25th, Sunday night at the absolute latest, but preferably be tomorrow. Is being posted, so. Well, then look at that. Hey, we love, t- I, we love timing. <laughs> yeah, look at that. That'll be at sammagilligan.substack.com. And then also there's just a lot of really good work if you're trying to get onto the draft in general, the McKean's draft guide is fantastic for that type of stuff. I didn't get to contribute with it this year, just timing with work and everything not lining up, but those guys put everything into this and more, and it's great. Yeah, can confirm. And that's all I've got for you today. Uh, tomorrow, we are going to be continuing our draft coverage. Uh, we are going to be talking about Daniil Bu, who is an enormous Russian player that uh, could be available for Blue Jackets at the 34th. So that's going to be tomorrow's episode. And uh, then after that, I believe Hayden will be back, and we'll be back to our regular uh, coverage as we get ready for the NHL draft on Wednesday. 
I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find the show at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email us at lockedupbluejackets at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked Up Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms, over on YouTube and the SiriusXM app. And uh, until then, until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.